0: Bridge Toll California customer service number
1: Highway miles to the gallon Ford Focus Thailand Cave rescue operation What is schema F Best wine bars in San Carlos California
0: Best Western Hotels How old is Ronaldo What happened with Big Gravel engagement? How long before gift? a wedding should I send out and save the dates How many in the first series use IMAP
1: to check mail on best other spots. email clients Identify That's fonts from where to find How four
0: years in power. Habit dog. Dog. Welcome to high value content week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And this week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about how you can find and optimize your highest value content. Joining us for high value content week is Marlon Glover, who is the content team lead here at Searchmetrics. And today, Marlon is going to walk us through how to identify new potential high value content. this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. All right, on with the show. Here is my conversation with Mr. Marlon Glover, content team lead at Searchmetrics. Mr. Marlon Glover, welcome to High Value Content Week on the Voices of Search podcast.
1: Hey, Ben, thanks for having me. It's been a while.
0: I got to say, I probably said this before on a podcast, but every time I hear your name, I think of the shaggy song, Mr. Lover, Lover, and I want to <laughs> just say, Mr. Marlon Glover. Good to have Mr. you, that, Glover, buddy. Glover.
1: <laughs> No, thanks, (laughs) Ben.
0: We're off to a raging start already. Hey, look, we're talking about how to make the most out of your content and figuring out which stuff actually matters and where you should invest your time. Let's start off with how do you identify content that has potential when you're either launching new content or you have some content that's been sitting there that hasn't really performed, but you feel like there's an opportunity, how to figure out what content hasn't really made a mark that can?
1: That's a great question, Ben. We actually get that a lot, particularly this time of year as folks are planning their 2020 budget and how they should be allocating time and dollars towards content. So the one thing that I typically like to do when we are addressing this question is I typically toss it back to the client and ask, how well do you understand your customers today? You know, how well do we understand their demand for questions that are being asked in search? So typically I'm looking at their unique, you know, whether they have various personas, but those individuals' personas, pains, tasks, goals, and just general interests. So for me, it begins with looking at the customer demand. Now I know we tend to gravitate towards how is our existing content performing? And that's great. And that's absolutely a part of the uh, the process. But oftentimes I like to do a, a quick pulse, uh, a quick check to see you know, based on a topic, what are our customers uh, demanding and, and looking at the different variations and semantic associations around different topics. Then I may look at other sources that those customers are using to learn around those same interests, pains, tasks, and goals. So what I'm
0: hearing is, look, you are got to understand your customers. Hey, Marketing 101, who are you actually going after and what are they looking for? Uh, talk to me about how you're actually figuring that out other than you know going and talking to your customers and asking them directly. There has to be some search tools to understand demand for a specific segment of people you're looking at. Walk me through that process.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So many of the customers that come to us, the ones that are more progressive, they typically have done some sort of persona research. They understand the different types of customers that are either buying from them directly or are influencing those buying decisions they understand some of their the the unique nuances in their day to day that's a great starting point so based off of those habits based off of their affinity what types of things are they looking for and then we take that information and we start plugging into our database here at search metrics you know, I, I'm a bit biased in, in using this tool, of course, given that I work in search metrics. Um, but I will... They pay your bills. They pay my bills too. <laughs> yeah, they pay the bills. But I you, <laughs> I you know, I was privy to using the technology prior to, to joining the company, as I mentioned in the prior podcast. The, all that said is that I'm looking at it in sort of kind of two stems. One is based on existing data that clients have on their customers, whether it be through persona-based research or interviews with the sales team to understand what topics are coming up in conversations. Throughout the sales process, what are some STEM words that we can use to pull data from our database that can be you know, a good example of that is, let's say we have a client selling makeup products and we know that skincare tips is a topic that typically comes up for this particular client. What we're looking to do is pull all of the information related to skincare tips and then all of the semantic associations around those particular keywords. That's one stem. The second stem is, um, so again, pertaining to those four kind of areas that we're looking at around those customers are the other sources. So I think of these as our unknown competitors may not be the folks that you directly compete with on the day-to-day, but other folks that may be creating content around those same pains, tasks, goals, and interests. And we're just essentially pulling all of the the data, data being those keywords that they're ranking for, And then we begin grouping those and categorizing those in a way that makes sense for us from a business perspective.
0: Yeah. So it makes sense to me that you're doing this process of understanding your customers, getting the questions people are asking, trying to create content around that, and then looking for the the words that are related to those topics. When you're looking at your existing content and you're trying to see where there is an opportunity... Hey, look, I've already written a thousand blog posts. Some of them perform great. Some of them don't. I feel like there's this concept of like, I wrote a piece of content around skincare and I know that there's high demand for skincare with my customer base. And, you know, with it, there's a plenty of demand in search, but my content isn't performing. That's a high opportunity piece of content. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. How do you think about figuring out where you have opportunity to optimize the existing content you've already written so you're not constantly producing new content?
1: Yeah, that's great. So I actually go through the same process with our existing content. So once I've done that sort of first primary step of looking at the market, then I'm pulling all of our data around the existing ranking keywords for our existing content. And I'm doing a couple of things. One is I will aggregate all of the keywords by page. So you take a URL and you total the amount of keywords, the quantity of keywords that that page is ranking for, total search volume, the total amount of traffic. And for those that aren't familiar out there with sort of dynamic CTR models around the different positions that your page could be ranking for in Google, There are some pretty good models out there. And for me, I try to take a conservative approach. I may say that, hey, for this given page, let's say it's ranking for one keyword, right? Which typically never happens. And that page is ranking on the bottom of page 10 in the SERP results. We know that at the bottom of page one, that page will garner 1% of that traffic. And at 5,000 searches per month, we can anticipate 50 clicks to that site. Now, typically we like to look at your conversion rates from your organic traffic to understand like how you perform within the market for your content. But, you know, typically we could say that 2% of your, the traffic that you receive from an organic search result will convert into a potential lead or whatever conversion tools that you have on your site. So we can get down into the weeds of predictive analytics and predictive measurement of performance of content. So one approach when we're looking at existing content on your site is we're taking all of the existing pages, we're looking at the total sum of traffic for those pages there. We're even looking at things like average position of those pages, looking at a weighted average rank. And we can get pretty detailed in terms of predicting how much estimated traffic you will be getting from those pages if they were optimized for any position on uh, page one.
0: So, here's what I get is that I can look at any given page on my site. Say, I'm currently in position 100. If I get to position 10, I'm going to have a net positive gain of 5,000 searches. I think that's going to have a 1% click through rate. That's going to be 50 clicks to my site. Now I can figure out revenue. I think the missing part that I don't understand is okay, if I get from page 100, to page one, how much effort do I have to put into that page? And is it worth optimizing this piece of content? There's a large opportunity, but there also could be a large cost and understanding how much effort goes into optimizing so you could figure out where to focus. How do you balance there is a good potential opportunity because there's lots of search and I can actually get this page to a point where it is relevant in search?
1: Yeah. So, um, there's other attributes that we're also looking at as things like competition. So once we've identified that that page has potential sort of at a glance, looking at the estimated traffic based on all of its ranking keywords, we also want to take a little bit of a closer look to see, you know, which keywords are relevant. And then out of those terms that are relevant, how competitive are those terms? You know, so we use a score from like one to a hundred, taking into account the other pages that are ranking for this particular search query, how often is this is content updated for the search query based on the top performing URLs for it? How authoritative are the sites that are ranking for this search query? How much other kind of spoke or ancillary content around this particular topic exists around? You know, is this for the the top performing pages? You know, and then I'm also looking at just doing a human test. I want to take a look at the content on that page to see kind of what other elements exist on this page that we may not be including in ours that over time we can build to make this piece more comprehensive. So at the end of the
0: day, when you're looking at identifying an existing piece of content, there's a couple of different things that you mentioned. First off, I'm talking to my customers and trying to figure out what their needs are and I should be building content around that period, full stop, talk to your customers about what they're interested in. When you're identifying what content that you've already created has an opportunity, you're not only looking at what the potential gains are from if you're able to get up into a higher position, you're also looking at the amount of competition, you're looking at the uh, ancillary content related to that specific piece of content, you're looking at the authority of the people that are ranking, and you're doing a sniff test on that page to see if there's something else you can be doing. You're using the Search metric Suite to do all of this. You're a content expert. Last question for you today, for the people who aren't using the Search metric Suite, you should be, we now offer a free trial, or are not content experts, you should talk to Marlon. What do you advise they do to complete this process if you don't have access to a tool like the Search metric Suite?
1: Well, first Ben, let me say it'll be really difficult. <laughs> It took it took you 10 to 15 years
0: (laughs) of experience to figure out how to do this.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, you know, I I think it's all possible through just a little bit of elbow grease and getting your hands dirty out there. So, you know, what I typically like to do is, you know, all those points that you succinctly summarize can be accomplished by, you know, typing a search into Google, typing in the topic that you want to rank for in Google, looking at the top performing pages. I would even group those pages into the first three then the following five, and so on and so forth. So I want to look at the top three performing pages and I want to look at the following pages and understand what are some of the commonalities that exist amongst these top pages and how can we improve the content that we've identified. So content may be using our Google Analytics, using our search console, things that's performed for us well in the past. I often look at Google Trends. And of course, you know, um, supplementing all of that with search metrics technology. And I would love to have a free trial if I wasn't a current customer. But I would say overall, there are tools, there are free tools out there that that anyone could use to do this. But what we want to take a look at is uh, what Google's rewarding and the search results for questions that we like to rank for. And um, ultimately try to make sure that we're closing the gap between where we are and where the top pages are in, in their content creation. So the
0: quick and dirty is if you don't have access to the search Metrics suite and a content expert like Marlin, you got to look at what pages are already ranking and see what's on those pages and see if you can add the content components you're missing on your page, like the people are ranking. Make sure it fits your brand. Make sure it's in line with your content. But if Google is rewarding images or videos or longer format text or bulleted text or whatever it is, and you don't have that on your pages that's the potential way to identify and boost your high value content. Okay. That's a good stopping point for today. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Marlon Glover, content team lead here at Search Metrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Marlon, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Marlon_Glover. Glover. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions, or if you'd like to talk to me about this podcast, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can find my contact information in our show notes, or you can shoot me a tweet at Ben J. Schaap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning to discuss how to evaluate the opportunity to optimize your existing high value content. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.